how was the how was the day today? Uh, it was good. It was busy. Uh, it was busy for sure, but better than earlier this week. Got a lot of training lot of going on. Yeah, you know how many people we, we've. Well, Two hundred twenty something like that. No, well, I mean, eventually, yes, but since since the quarantine, it's been eighty-seven. Oh wow! I know it's a lot. I think it's been a yeah, it's been a lot for it's been a lot for everyone, you know. <laughs> it's just right. it is, but you know, hopefully things will start winding down sooner rather. Than yeah, later. I I hope so. And hopefully, I think it, I think it will. What? I think we're moving in the right direction. What'd you say? What'd you say? I said, I think we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I would say so too. And um, yeah, I want Star Wars Anaheim to be on. So we need to make sure that this gets wrapped up, gets taken care of. And, yeah. Uh, Do your part. The Social good people. And the good Until people. At, uh, yep. And the uh, good people of Force Vision will do our part uh, by putting out podcasts on Star Wars content. For the entire time that now, this will lock down oh, and beyond it, and dude, beyond it, Tim. I, I just had, I just had the perfect slogan that we should do. What's that? Now, now this is podcasting. <laughs> yes. And then have Anakin, a little pod racer. Oh, I think I think uh, I just realized about I didn't have my headphones on with my my microphone, so I think I just improved the audio quality dramatically right there. But um, it actually didn't change at all. Oh, good. Well, maybe for the recording, I don't know. But uh, uh, the um, there's already a podcast out there called "This Is Podcasting." Um, oh, that's now and now this is podcasting. Yeah, it's it. brilliant. I mean, if you, since you never heard of that, it's a good idea. Well, yeah, since you never heard of that, that's still technically a good idea on your part. You didn't know it existed, so. Thank you. Um, it's just but, one of those things, though. It's so common that it, it's it's hard for, I mean, the, the chances of someone else having that is pretty high. Okay, a short, short break. I have to go put this raincoat on my dog. Give me one second. Okay. Okay, the putting a raincoat on my dog intermission has ended, and I have returned. Oh, my God. Somehow, oh the Velcro of this dog's raincoat got caught in Paige's hair. We had to surgically remove it. Not sure what's going on. But, hey, let's not waste any more time talking about my cute dog in a raincoat. <laughs> let's start talking some Star Wars. On today's episode, we're going to be looking beyond the Skywalker saga. Can it stand on its own? Or will it be missing that Skywalker feel? Battlefront 2 and Fallen Order news will be coming on today's podcast. That's right, we're talking video games. We're also going to talk that Clone Wars finale. What do we think? What's coming next? Also, big news came on Force Center. Uh, on the <laughs> big news came uh, out of Star Wars Day with Taika Waititi announcing that he will be directing the new Star Wars movie. And a bunch of other Star Wars news happened over the past week, so lots to discuss. Lots to talk about. That's all happening right here, right now. This is the Force Vision Podcast. All right. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Max Liedem, at Max Fozzie. Joined today by Drew Johnson. His microphone's on mute. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. He's trying to talk. 
Drew, Drew, Johnson, crash in the Zoom. Drew, how are you doing today? This party's over. (laughs) That is the longest (laughs) I've ever seen your facial hair in my entire life. I said that like two weeks ago, and now it's even longer. What can I say? It'll be just like Beggar's Canyon back home. Couldn't have said it better myself. Joined also today uh, by Tim Reichmuth at Tim Trist. How are you doing today, Tim? Oh, I feel like I could take on the entire empire. Hell yes. <laughs> Drew, are you, are you sticking with us for this podcast today? I believe that I am. I literally, Tim texted me that you guys had a podcast, and I, this was like 15 minutes ago, and I was sitting in my room drinking <laughs> alone because I'm in quarantine. I was actually watching Star Wars, which is still on my TV, and I was just like, you know what? I'll join do it. Star Wars. Yeah. What else? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. <clears throat> which one are you watching? Um, I was actually watching Rebels. I was watching uh, season Ooh. three of Rebels. And that's that's Ooh. what I've, I've been re- doing my rewatch of Rebels. I'm on the second to last episode. And yeah, man, uh, just such a, you know, on the suck, and this is my second rewatch. On the second rewatch, you really, for some reason on the first first watch through, like I remember season one being a lot more like silly and more kiddy. But like on the second watch through, I'm not really getting as much of that. And I don't know if it's because I started taking the Clone Wars seriously or started taking Rebels seriously around season two and three. But um, th- it just doesn't feel nearly as childish as I once thought it was. And it, it like I texted you guys last night, can actually be incredibly violent in parts that, uh, that uh, you don't really see coming in the show until it happens. It's a very emotional show. I think they do a good job of having a balance of making it serious, but also adhere to uh, kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's exciting about that too, is that like, I think uh, that's David Filoni, like basically getting to play in whatever sandbox he wants, but now with Disney plus he might be able to, um, as we saw with Clone Wars, really tell a more serious direct story without having to throw in those filler episodes to keep kids interested and, um, and, and all those that, you know, classic humor you get from those type of shows. I, I mean, I, I think that even when I watched it for the first time, I remember watching Rebels for the first time. I want to say, yeah, I want to say it was, it was not far after The Force Awakens came out. And so, like, I remember thinking it was Kitty and stuff. But as it got on, like, with season two, and see, especially once season two at the end comes, you, yep. you start to realize, you're like, uh, this is not just a kid show. There's some deeper meanings to what Filoni's trying to talk about. And obviously yep. with Clone Wars, you've seen that now. Like, he, he has a very set plan from the first episode of his shows on. And I think he gets that. I mean, from George Lucas, who he worked yeah. on Clone Wars. I mean, he has a plan with what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he does. I, I mean, as you said, whenever those two people got beheaded, that was that was for me when I'm like, you know, what? this actually isn't just a kid's show. Because up until then, it just felt like those shows where they just had a random goofy adventure and then everything yeah. works out at the very end. And then at yeah. that point, you're like, oh, crap. Like those people aren't going to be the villains the entire time. That just they yeah. escape and they laugh about it. Yeah, they actually and, uh, got killed for the majority. For the majority of that season, you're like, you're like, oh, this is like Tom and Jerry, where Tom is like 
considered maybe the bad guy and he's just always the the and that's what those imperial officers were they were just always finding yeah. themselves getting defeated in silly ways and then uh like when they get reprimanded by tarkin you're like oh they're gonna get thrown in the brig and like oh no they're gonna get their heads cut off right then and there yeah uh, it's like by, that, that episode where they have r2d2 and c3po appear and it's just one of the most like pointless random episodes ever where they just like i'm trying to remember i think it's where they uh they steal the supplies from the hangar with the help from r2d2 and c3po is that right does that happen season one yeah yeah yeah, I think so. That's season one. But yeah, I agree with Drew. Yeah. And then like season two, the end of season two is when it, it just ultimately made that transition over to being a very serious, good show. Well, since we're talking animation, let's just go ahead and dive into one of the bigger topics of today's podcast, the Clone Wars finale that came out on uh, this, this Monday, uh, the, May the 4th, and, uh, or is that Tuesday? Uh, that's that was Tuesday. That was Monday. That was Monday. Okay. Um, that came out this Monday, and uh, guys, I you know as someone who scarcely watched like the full Clone Clone Wars saga, but like did uh, my own kind of watch through that I found to kind of get myself caught up. I thoroughly enjoyed this last arc with from the Phantom Apprentice through uh, through um, victory and death or whatever it was called. And, uh, man, I just thought this last episode of Clone Wars was just really, really good and super powerful. Um, and just, was, it just, it's cinematic in every way. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like a TV show. It feels like just a fully thought out, well-told story. And it just mm-hmm. it felt like a movie. It was amazing. Um, what was, what are your guys' thoughts on that last episode? I mean, I love the last episode. The last, the last arc was incredible. One of my favorite arcs that they've had, maybe my favorite one. But I mean, going from Mandalore all the way to taking Maul off the ship, and this is the first time we actually see a long look of Order sixty six and how the clones actually react. Because I mean, I in the movie it's just a very brief glimpse, and you just think they're robotic and they don't really have any emotions. But I mean, that's that's really one of the main focuses on Clone Wars is humanizing the clones and. Um, when seeing Rex kind of struggle with, you know, holding off and not shooting Ahsoka at first, you could tell that there was still part of them there. You know, they were programmed to kill kill the Jedi, but yeah, um, it was a, it was really emotional. They did a really good job um, making it come to a conclusion, but also kind of on a, a sobering note. So it's not a happy everyone wins. But it's it's just kind of a nice reminder that even if you you do try, um, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. Drew, what'd you think? I mean, honestly, I think that like the four episodes, as awesome as they were, I mean, and a compliment to them, it's like I wish we could have gotten twenty episodes of that. I wish we could have had mm-hmm. the name prequels be that kind of voice of what it was that I like, especially with the, the kind of like last five minutes, you just, there's just such a like uh, sobering leaving up in the air feeling about how it ends. It's so cool. I, that, that last scene, the more I've thought about it's just so great. Mm -hmm. And I mean, 
as a whole, what's so cool about like the Siege of Mandalore arc is that you can relate it to a lot of different parts of Star Wars. The Mandalorian, obviously, number one, because mm-hmm. you know that that's going to come back into play. Yep. But it also, then there's, there's effects with uh, things that affect the original trilogy. And then most exciting, kind of like, you know, I know that us have talked about before. What's exciting is that uh, the, the, like the forced box they're showing, it's like it opens up stories from the past about the Mandalorians. I just thought that, like, mm-hmm. I think that these four episodes were probably the best Clone Wars, um, really just because, like, the world building that it does. I, yeah. I, yeah. I love these episodes. I, I thought the last season, the first two arcs, I mean, the Bad Batch was fine. The second arc was, I, I don't want to say I hated it, I didn't care for it. I'm sure that some people liked it fine, but I just didn't understand what the point of it was, to be completely frank. But man, the siege was just awesome. So yeah. for and for it to wrap up the story, it was definitely worth them coming back and making it. And and to make Maul have such a complex like character become such a complex character that's so beloved now by the franchise beyond just looking cool. Before Darth Maul was very similar before the Clone Wars, Darth Maul is very similar in like Boba Fett, where Boba Fett he really doesn't do shit. He yeah. yeah, he just looks cool. And everyone well, and also to your point about Maul, I think people our age probably don't fully understand as much as, as someone that was, let's say, five, ten years older than us. Maul was hyped up in the trailers. Star mm-hmm. Wars is coming back. Everyone's excited. They see this double-bladed lightsaber Maul thinking, this is the new villain. This is the new Darth Vader. And then he has, like, two lines and then dies in yep. the first yep. movie. Like, how do you make a guy like that come back and end up being a great villain? Yep. I don't know. I mean, that's that's kudos Dave to Dave Filoni. So, I mean, yeah. the fact that he made – I mean, he brought – Darth Maul back, and he's well, basically just so mad with anger. Well, this is actually a funny part. No, that's a funny thing, Tim. So uh, Dave Filoni actually was the one who decided to bring Darth Maul back. That was George Lucas. Um, if, I think it was – oh. I can't remember where he said that, but George Lucas, like, called him one day or came into the Clone Wars offices and literally just came in there and said, I have an idea for you. Darth Maul, Darth Maul is alive. And Dave Filoni goes – uh, okay, how? And George goes, I don't know. Find out. And and then that was literally it. And and then then exactly right to you guys. It's totally then kudos to Dave Filoni from that point on to make him such a complex character um, that he is now. Uh, and and introduce different side characters with him as well. The, the the way they built this character and flushed it out. I mean, that last arc just really made me appreciate him so much more. I mean, the fact that he knew everything that was happening and he was trying to actually stop Sidious. I think one of the most interesting aspects is he's still on the dark side, but also he is not a Sith. And so that's just interesting because it it then brings into, there's really three parties at play. It's not just the dark side and the light side. There's also a third group of people that are trying to to get involved. And I mean, it, it just him trying to make those moves and you know doing it all just to get Anakin on on the Mandalore. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and I, I and Dave Filoni um, 
also, I mean, it's not like he, he did this whole thing without any black marks on his record. Like, obviously, we've, we, we have – he's done really good things and some things he's done uh, that you weren't the biggest fan of. But the way he was able to wrap it up in this last arc kind of tells you that he – what he really wants to do, where he, where he, what he really wants to say when it comes to Star Wars. And, uh, yeah, it just – he said that tenfold. And it was – you're right, guys. Like, that last episode is so sobering. Um, the score of it was phenomenal. Uh, whoever was scoring, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was so good. Oh my god, so yeah, he, good. He 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 deserves. I mean, he's done all of Clone Wars, all of Rebels, and I mean, I I don't hate, I don't dislike the Rogue One score, and I don't dislike the Solo score. I love the Mandalorian score, but like, give Kevin Kiner an actual live action movie. He he deserves it after this point because the score and especially that third episode of uh, the third episode of the Siege of Mandalore arc, so good. But yeah. but it's a testament to what he's done all along with the animated series. Like, oh my gosh, give Kevin Kiner an opportunity in like a live action movie. Yeah, because he he nailed it. He nailed the tone and so much more than anything. So much of the spirit of Star Wars is literally within its music. Like that's the defining thing that really separates Star Wars almost from every other, you know, fantasy sci-fi type movie is its music and Kiner hit it right on the head. It did a great job with it. Um, and then, yeah, you guys get that final shot there. I mean, after, I mean, one, by the way, that line, oh, it was, it gave me chills when, uh, when Ahsoka was trying to stop Maul from getting on their, getting on their ship at their escape ship and Maul turns her and says you wanted this chaos and I was like that's so badass <laughs> that was like the coolest line um I thought that was awesome yeah, yeah. I thought it, I thought that that it does a good job of uh uh kind of playing into I think when George Lucas made the prequels like Revenge of the Sith is kind of meant to show a sympathy to being like oh shit well not everything about the jedi was right and right. that's the same thing what it does here is it's like yeah you know what mace windu and yoda and all the masters definitely made mistakes and over sought things and, and weren't mm -hmm. correct and everything it definitely did that here yeah absolutely um yeah it was just an all around a great episode i love that we got to see uh, vader at the end there even for a moment and him yeah. lighting up ahsoka's uh, a blue lightsaber. Um, yeah, what was what was going through his mind? Well, that's the thing. I, I, does he think Ahsoka is dead? Um, does he know Ahsoka escaped, but he's not going to pursue, you know, trying to find her or whether to kill her uh, or to try and get her to come to the dark side? Or does he think she's dead? I'm assuming unless Ahsoka cut herself off from the Force that he can sense that she's out there. And if that be the case, I think he's clearly thinking, I don't want anything else to do with Ahsoka. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go after her and I'll let her run and do her thing. And I'm not going to chase her down or, um, or he thinks she's dead or just doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he knows she's out there, but he's not, he just doesn't feel like. Where do you think that, where do you think that falls in line with Twilight of the Apprentice? Do you think that's before that scene? That him picking up the lightsaber or do you think that maybe after? No, it's before. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, 
I'm going to say after. Okay. Can you find that out for us, Drew? Yeah, let me check. (laughs) (laughs) Also, join this meeting from my computer instead of my phone. Okay. Stand by. Stand by. Echo 3 to Echo 7. I'm old buddy, you read me? Loud and clear, kid. (laughs) (laughs) No, there are two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, People, obviously, this is a podcast, so you can't see, but uh, Drew is uh, on his phone and on his computer there in the Zoom meeting and dropped the, this is getting out of hand. Now, I'm not quite as uh, I'm not quite as well versed in the Zoom world as you guys might be, uh, but no, uh, you're fine. You're doing hey, it's just fine. fine there. It's um, so easy. A uh, caveman can do it, right? That's the right. quote. Uh huh. No, that's our not. that's our motto. Oh. Anyways, um, Max, what's the news that you guys were going to read that I was going to break in on? Uh, break in on. Um. All right, well, so yeah, we talked the Clone Wars finale. Um. The news. News. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, let's go right into that. So there's a couple pieces of news. Um, one, uh, Taika Waititi is confirmed to be directing and writing his very own Star Wars feature film. Uh, it's important to note that it is for a uh, theatrical release. This is not going to be a Disney Plus film. Uh, they also confirmed that the writer behind the Russian Doll series on Netflix is going to be getting her own series as well. And she'll be writing and developing that for Disney Plus. Um, also, over the week, uh, over this week, uh, Star Wars Gallery dropped on Disney Plus the behind-the-scenes look at uh, the Mandalorian and the making of the Mandalorian. With the first episode focusing on the directors, and I thought it was a brilliant episode of that. Um, I enjoyed it. And we also got some Battlefront Two and uh, Fallen Order news, video game news uh, as well. So we got plenty of things to talk about, plenty of things to discuss uh, in the news today. Um, but let's start with the the biggest headline. Well, actually, since uh, yeah, yeah, let's start with the biggest headline out of all of the news, which is um, which is Taika Waititi is confirmed directing and writing his own movie. So something I want to preface this with because I have I have a thought on this I wanted to share first. When I I love Taika Waititi, I, I've always loved his films. I thought he's always been a hilarious person. He's very charismatic. I have absolutely zero issues with Taika Waititi. Um, I saw Thor Ragnarok. I like Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was, I mean, for someone who's not super invested in Thor, I really could care less about how his story is told. I thought it was a fun, entertaining film. Um, Were there some parts in that movie where you're like, you're so close to having these really cool, badass moments, and then they're kind of cut too much with comedy? Yeah, you could definitely say that. But again, as someone who's not heavily invested in Thor, I really could care less. I enjoyed that movie for what it was. However, Taika's brand of humor is very, uh, he's got this very dry brand uh, kind of, but also like slapstick mix of humor um, where he goes for these punchlines, but also uh, has that humor where he just like, it, he make, can make you laugh in his dialogue when it, it, there's like, you know, no slapstick, no like punchline. It's just the dialogue is hilarious that he's writing in these conversations. And I was worried. I've always been worried when this pop. I was worried when this po- rumor popped up 
that he was going to carry too much of that into Star Wars. I think there's a certain brand of humor that fits in Star Wars and some that don't. I was nervous that maybe Taika's was a little too outside the box. And and this is probably an unpopular opinion among Q3. Is, this, is the scene with the, the range troopers in the beginning of the final episode of Mandalorian, is that scene hilarious? It is. But at what point am I kind of feeling like, okay, this is borderline. This is this is towing the line of parody of a of a SNL skit with the the Rangers punching Baby Yoda in the face and like you know doing kind of silly slapsticky stuff. At what point are we crossing Star Wars too much into parody and making it like a skit of some kind? Then I saw Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit was the perfect balance of humor and drama. And by the end of that movie, the only thing I cared about was the drama. It was funny. It was certainly funny, but Taika could tell a super dramatic story with the, as he's proved, as he proved to Jojo Rabbit, he could tell a super dramatic story with really, really powerful storytelling. And I, I just loved that movie so much that I was all on board for him to join a Star Wars movie. What do you guys think of Taika coming on board a Star Wars film? Are you worried at all about certain aspects of his filmmaking, of his writing, with his comedic style? And what do you guys expect out of something from Taika uh, going forward with, with his new movie? Tim, you can start, or Drew, you can start, whoever wants. Sure. So I'm, I mean, I, I know we've speculated about this, we've talked about, it's been rumored for a while now. I love Taika Waititi. I mean, ever since I saw What We Do in the Shadows, I mean, that's a, it's very low budget hilarious film but he does a very good job with the little nuances and, and staying true to what the stereotype is for vampires so mm -hmm. he the way he develops his movies he makes you really immersed into what you're viewing and then makes the characters true to that story and the environment they're in so he, he does a very good job developing and kind of going to with the the humor um it is a little difficult because yeah the beginning of um episode eight where they're punching baby yoda was that episode eight or was that seven that was the it final was episode, episode eight. Eight. Yep. so with that i i do agree it, it was going a little too far but i think that's what makes him good is he he's able to toe that line without you without taking it too far um but i mean i i've always enjoyed his work with four um for Ragnarok, he, I mean, look at what he did to a character from probably the least popular Marvel character to being one of the best Marvel movies that they've ever made in just a movie. Yeah. I mean, with two, Drew, Drew doesn't agree. I, I enjoyed Ragnarok. I thought it was a very good job of character development. Um, but then also they had good action scenes. I mean, when you think of that, you think of Immigrant Song and him jumping onto the bridge and you know, I think he's really good at handling the the climax of movies. And Jojo Rabbit was just kind of the icing on the cake. Um, he he toned back on the humor humor a little bit. Still did a good job with delivering it where it didn't feel out of place, especially with the story. But I mean, overall, it was a really good drama. It made you feel, um, you know, for Jojo the character. Um, can't remember the girl's name, but the the one that's hidden away. And I mean, with Scarlett Johansson too. Um, he wrote all the characters extremely well and you know it's it's a it's a very good emotional story i mean it's it's a fantastic movie so overall i'm, I'm pretty excited because he he has a wide range of, of chops as a director and he's still pretty new 
Um, I mean, outside of those three movies, he hasn't really done anything else. So um, I think he could take Star Wars into a, any direction. And you're not, you're not, you don't know what to expect, I guess. And so you could get something incredible, something that hasn't been done before. Yeah. Drew, yeah, what are I, your thoughts? Well, I think, I mean, I'm probably somewhere in between the two of you. But I don't, I don't know about that because I think you're both you both like Taika. But um, I mean, I I'm not a big fan of Thor Ragnarok personally, but I will admit that like after the fact, I do like Thor's character more. So mm-hmm. Tim, that's actually a good point. I I do like his character more. I just didn't I didn't walk out of that theater like I remember that people were just raving about that movie and loved it, and I just mm-hmm. thought. Eh, that kind of felt like a joke of a joke but but i will also say like what taika does a really good job of in jojo rabbit 2 which is a honestly a pretty fucking dark story Mm -hmm. like and he does a good job of like understanding where the humor fits in a story so like even Mm -hmm. with thor he makes it work for the universe and so to that scene in the mandalorian star wars does that scene fit in Star Wars? Of course not. But when you think about it in the context it was in, it didn't really disrupt anything. It's yeah. like he's mm-hmm. one of the few guys that probably can make a scene like that work. So right. I don't know. I mean, I just I'm curious. I'm on board. I'm excited, of mm-hmm. course. But at the same time, I'm also curious to see what the timeline, what the movie's going to be about uh, is going to be because – I well, I have no idea. None of us have an idea. Um, yeah. But I'm, I mean, I'm optimistic. He's a great filmmaker, so I'm sure it'll I be wanna... awesome. I'm just not gonna. I'm not like. I'm very very excited because I love Jojo Rabbit. That was an unbelievable movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not like. I'm not the number one person on on board. I guess, but I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think. And... For... Go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say one thing that kind of go into how well his humor is with timing. Um, I mean, if you think about it, the the way he handled that last episode, when he had that humor that may have seemed a little unnecessary, it was at the beginning. So it wasn't disrupting any of the story. Yeah. So it's not yep. like that humor where, you know, it gets really serious and all of a sudden there's a joke that just seems yeah. completely out of place. He yeah. knows how to place it well. And yeah, and, and, and I didn't even – and it's – like like Drew said, like does it have a place? Does that? I'll say this: that piece of the beginning of that that episode does it fit in Star Wars as a whole? Right, as Drew said, no. But if you shorten the thing, my main issue is that is I think it went on a little too long. Like it was like five minutes of these guys bantering back and forth. I think if you cut out the Baby Yoda punching and like the the like inner like you know over their microphone saying like. He just killed a, like 18 of his own guys for interrupting him or something like that. And like, <laughs> like saying that in jest, again, it's hilarious. The whole thing was funny, but it was going borderline parody. But if you cut out, you know, most of that and you make it like a two minute scene instead where the guy is just like maybe begging to see the creature. He's like, can I see it? And he's like, no. And then it's after like they banter, he's like, you're not going to see the, you're not going to see it, the creature. You're not going to see the child. And then maybe they do with like, they do the gun shooting thing 
and they don't even really that's it if like if they did that that's a hilarious wink at the camera like them trying to hit the can and it, and they're like completely whiffing and then they both look at each other that is so much more of a powerful comedic moment to me than like the just straight six to seven minutes of comedy we got with those guys because it it did start to feel like I'm watching a YouTube or SNL sketch where it's just two hapless range troopers being idiots out in the yeah. desert. I mean, Jason Sudeikis is basically an SNL skit. Yeah. 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 Wait, that was Jason Sudeikis? Yeah. yeah. That was Jason Sudeikis. No shit. Oh, man. Yeah. So I thought... Oh, you just changed your mind on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I, I thought, so I thought I thought that was Jason. When I first saw that scene, I was like, "Is that Jason Sudeikis?" And then everyone—I can't remember if it was people at work—like, "No, that wasn't Jason Sudeikis. That was so and so and so and so." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I just thought for the longest time it was a Jason Sudeikis. And then, uh, but I always was like, "Man, that sounds exactly like him." Interesting. Well, yeah, uh, it, I'm with you too, Drew. I'm like I'm like halfway there with Tim and halfway there with you in terms of how I felt about Ragnarok. You know, to be honest, like as uh, all this, if you're a Cinemaxic listener on this podcast, which I'm sure most, like, I mean, majority of you know, Force Vision because of that podcast, you know, my somewhat disdain for Marvel movies sometimes where I feel like they're formulaic and they feel every single one of them feel like the exact same thing and none of them take, like, no, like the movies can hardly ever take itself seriously. And that's how I, I felt similar with Ragnarok. In that way, but I did find its humor to be a lot more funny, mostly because I could give less of a shit about Thor as a character, and um, and Tyka's brand of humor for me lands with me more than others. Uh, so I I I appreciated that in that aspect. So, but I I do believe Tyka totally is smart and understands what fits, what doesn't, and uh, his film I'm sure is going to be great, and I can't wait to see it um, uh, when, whenever that comes out. Um, and I, I don't even want to get into speculation on what it could be about because we literally have absolutely no idea it could cover anything in Star Wars. So I don't know what would really fit what he wants to do. If it's going to be totally original, if it's going to be based on a character we know, if it's going to go to a time period we know. It's going to be a Sebulba Fast and Furious type of, type of movie. <laughs> yes, uh, that that would be... Claude Gennaros is going to make a cameo. Sebulba Origins. Uh, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to <laughs> oh, see. Sebulba Begins. Uh, yeah, that's what that's what I want. But um, anyways, moving on. Uh, I didn't actually get her name. I probably should look this up. But the director of the Netflix show Russian Doll um, has been given the green light to produce or write a brand new Star Wars film. Um, Natasha Leary. I think it's Natasha. No, no, it's not Natasha. Leslie Headland. Leslie Leslie Hayden. Yeah. She's, she's doing a series, a Disney plus series. Yes. And, um, we don't know really anything outside of that either. Just that she was given it. I know Russian doll is super popular on Netflix. I need to still watch it, but I've heard great things about it. Um, now, for me, when I see this from the outside, I mean, one, I'm excited about it. Sure, it's a, I know Rush Doll is a hit, and she seems creatively excited to be on board for a Star Wars film uh, or a Star Wars TV show. Um, but I do find it maybe a little ironic or a little too much of a coincidence that around all the time we're getting these. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh man, I just almost said Rosie O'Donnell, Ahsoka. <laughs> Ahsoka rumors. <laughs> then when we're getting all those Rosie O'Donnell Ahsoka rumors. 
hours. That oh, would be. Man. I would. I would literally. I would literally <laughs> burn every Star Wars piece of memorabilia I have. That'd be an interesting And probably take. walk off into the woods for it'd good. Be, It'd be an interesting take on Ahsoka. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Rosario Dawson uh, rumors uh, of being Ahsoka coming out and also like, you know, that she's apparently going to be in Mandalorian and then she's going to get her own live action series. Those rumors are circulating very closely to the rumor that eventually became fact as of May the 4th uh, that uh, Leslie Headland was going to be... Um, writing her own Star Wars film. Do you think this is going to be the Ahsoka standalone series or completely separate? I do not want it to be. Um, I am about as big of an Ahsoka fan as there can be. I Mm -hmm. love Ahsoka. Um, I think that Ahsoka's series was Clone Wars. Um, she played a valuable part in Rebels, of course, and I think that she will fit into Mandalorian nicely. Um, we don't need another series about her. And again, I am a huge fan of her. We don't need an individual series because I feel like that just almost negates the character. And I also, because I'm, because I'm a huge Filoni fan, I don't, I don't want, um, I don't want her story told by anyone but him. Um, So I, I, just, I just don't think that there's that great of a story to be told anyway by someone else about yeah. her, especially in a live action series. I, mm-hmm. just, just give us now, it, the, the, you didn't mention this, but a part of the press release did say it would be a female centric series. Um, I, I, we don't know what that means. I don't know what that means exactly. We don't know timeline. Just give us something new. Give us something that we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Give us characters we don't know because even though it might not be as exciting to people at first, um, I think that, that that works out better. I just I think that would be a much better way to go about something like this right now, especially because like things are so familiar with the movies series we're doing right now. Give us give us something different. Give us something new and fresh. Yeah. They need to they need to start developing new content. I agree, and I I, I agree that. I don't want anyone else to write Ahsoka's character. If, if, if it's anyone, it's Dave Filoni. And if they were to have a standalone series for her, at that point, there's three series ongoing that are going to have her because there's that sequel to Rebels that's going to be coming out, which she has to be in. And then there's a one in The Mandalorian if she makes a cameo in that. Yeah. yeah, but do you think that, okay, not to not to switch, but like on that sequel series for Rebels, which is rumored, it's not official, like if she shows up in the Mandalorian and that series comes out at the same time, it's like, they're going to interject. I, I just, I don't know that that makes much sense. Yeah. Um, and, and I originally thought too, because Rosario Dawson is such a big time actress that she wouldn't like, she wouldn't be signing on to Ahsoka if she wasn't going to get her own show. But then I realized that she actually, she's kind of like John Bernthal and where she like shows up in movies and small roles and TV shows and small roles all the time. And uh, mm-hmm. roles that you don't even like. John Bernthal, by the way, if you go look at his like IMDb page, he shows up so randomly all the time in movies that I'm watching, and I'm just like, what like the Wind, hell? Wind River. I remember him showing yes. up in Wind River, being like, yeah. oh my yeah. god, that's John. That's John Bernthal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he, in it for like literally two very depressing minutes, and that was yep. it. Same oh with Peanut Butter god, Falcon. Peanut Butter Falcon. He's in it for literally two that's right. depressing yeah, minutes. He is. That's a, for, that is a great movie, by the so way. So good. 
So oh my good. god, that is so good. It moved up to like I think it came close to my number one movie of 2019. I thought Peanut Butter Falcon was fucking awesome. So yeah, good. top top five for me for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, so the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, maybe Rosario is just going to be a, maybe she'll do a supporting role of Ahsoka on the Mandal on Mandalorian, and and that's it, and she she'll be a re- recurring character, and I'd be I think I'd be more okay with that. But also something I do in a like. Uh, not to, uh, to to steal from Ken Napsock on the Force Center podcast. He said that shout out Ken Napsock. Shout out Ken Napsock. Uh, give them a follow. Uh, he said that he doesn't want the Mandalorian and these that that he's so heavily involved on to end up like being kind of an outlet for all of his other like characters and stories that Dave Filoni has interest in and wants to close, and he wants the Mandalorian to be able to stand on its own two legs and, and still be John Favreau's, you know, passion project that he wants to tell the stories he wants to tell. And they don't want to wade and you don't want to wade too far into the waters of like, okay, where, what, and thanks can we bring him from Dave Filoni and what stories need to be told by Dave that he hasn't told yet. Um, so I think there's a delicate balance there. Um, but I think so far they've been nailing it. And I, I think Ahsoka would fit in perfectly in this story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim, Tim and I have talked about this, I know, but cause Max, I, I completely agree with, well, I guess it's not what you're saying, but Ken's saying, I agree with that. But at the same time, if it makes sense, it makes sense. Now, mm-hmm. do I think, do I think that Ahsoka is going to show up in episode four and all of a sudden it becomes the Ahsoka show? No, I think she'll be in the show for a few important episodes and that'll be it. And that's the way I want it. Again, going back to what I just last said, her story, Ahsoka's main stories really already been told. And we don't need her to be like the main focus of things anymore because you start, then you just start beating, you know, the same thing over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You don't, we don't need that. But Mm -hmm. if she shows up for, three important episodes of season two that set up season three of the Mandalorian, then it works. I don't think that that's Filoni forcing his way as much as it is just a nice bridge into the rest of the story. I still, I yeah. still very and much want it to be Mando's story. The thing that's nice is it just, it's going to click so well together because she has all that backstory with Mandalore and so does he. Yeah. And it makes the most sense. And, one thing that we, we can take away from season one is they're not afraid to introduce characters, have them be in for an episode, and then you never see them again. Yeah. So it's, they, they're not shy from, they, I mean, they make it all about Mando. Right. They don't and, try to make it about anyone else. Yeah, and John Favreau has deep respect for Dave Filoni and definitely, it, it, it definitely loves his contribution on The Mandalorian and everything he's done at Lucasfilm and for Star Wars. But make no mistake, John Favreau is still like a Holly, big time, big time Hollywood producer, writer, director, and it's, actor. It's Favreau's show. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Favreau's show. Yeah, yeah, Favreau won't let anything go that he's not super interested in. So he's like, <laughs> if, if I, I mean, I would be surprised if Ahsoka wasn't John Favreau's idea to begin with, if, if to, to bring her into Mandalorian. I, 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 I agree with that completely. I, I would, I would be honestly, I'm just knowing Ryan's character and knowing that he's like he he. It's not like he's trying to interject. He probably wouldn't have brought up Ahsoka without John wanting to bring it up first because he doesn't want to, like, he probably doesn't want it to seem like, hey, let's keep bringing in my ideas instead of yours. Um, I, I imagine John's like, hey, I have a great 
season two storyline and I want to mix Ahsoka into this and 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 um you know Dave Filoni is probably like yeah let's do it that that sounds awesome so um so yeah I I, I could see how that could uh definitely be like I think Ahsoka does work better in in a supporting role in this instance unless unless there's obviously of course if there's a really great idea out there about a, a Ahsoka TV show that that would work that's just obviously something we would all enjoy then by by all means go for it but if it's not something you are fully committed to and not something you think is going to mean a lot to star wars fans and i i'm okay with her just you know her story's been told let's bring in some fresh blood let's write a new story about someone else some people think it's the doc dr afra i know nothing about dr afra i know nothing about her um, so, so i can i can talk a little bit on it because i've read a lot of the dr afra comics oh, okay i've been um, meaning to do that yeah they're really good um i i enjoy the comics i enjoy the character i think the character is actually really cool um again her story has kind of been told for what she can do mm-hmm. especially with her her story's already been like there's not much of an interesting path for her to take i just and it and it also gets down to like we don't i don't i don't want to just because it's just because it's the cool thing to do don't put her in some story um i just i I don't think it would work very well i think that it it would almost because the problem too is that you'd have to like do so much research on what her comics have already been about what she's already said what she's already done just tell a new story dr afra's awesome i i really enjoy those comics i haven't read the the recent stuff and they've they've kind of like done some more stuff recently that i haven't gotten into i haven't read star wars comics isn't she essentially like an indiana jones type of character where she goes around and searches for artifacts spot on she's she's like a badass chick that is you know very skilled searches for artifacts is you know very informed on things always gets out of trouble um but you could have another character like that in a different time period and it'd be fine with me. I don't yeah. know. It's, yeah. it's, but Max, you're right. Cause I've, I've seen a lot of those rumors going around and it's for me personally, I don't think, I just think it, we need something new. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. someone, let's give someone a blank canvas. Sure. Well, on that, yeah. on, on that, let's uh, bring up what, what Disney plus TV series animated or live action do you want to see come next? Like what is the, the one thing that you've heard about or not even heard about necessarily, just the one thing you want to see happen uh, in a TV in TV form. And I think for me, and I know this is probably, it just won't happen, but I thought it would be great to see the old Republic tackled in an animated show. It doesn't have to be live action. And the reason I say that I would love an old Republic movie I don't know if the old Republic could be pulled off properly on TV without feeling too much like a TV show on a TV show budget. If it's going to be old Republic, I either want an all in all out CGI effects and movies or relegate it to like an animated series like uh, clone wars and, and watching it there. I think those could be great. I, I just would love either one of those things. I, I would love to see some old Republic, but I don't think anything like that will happen given the new, given the high Republic is being so heavily pushed by Disney, you could easily see some brand interference there. It's like, what's the old Republic? What's the high Republic? Are they the same thing? Are they intermingling? Are they the same period? Are they the exact same name, exact same thing, just different names? 
Um, so I don't think that would happen. But um, what do you guys want, like, next out of a Star Wars series? I mean, I know we've talked about this multiple times. Um, Old Republic is probably my number one. Um, my number two would be the creation of the Jedi. So go back to the very, very beginning when the Force was first found. I think that would be really interesting and just kind of starting to see these characters develop and how their lives change and how it kind of manipulates them and like the creation of the light and the dark side. Um, I think that could be a really interesting story. And they could take that into so many directions because they create entirely new characters that we're not familiar with. Even, I mean, with the Old Republic, they're going to have to use some characters we already know. Because, I mean, if they don't use Darth Red or anything, we'd be upset. But going back to the very beginning allows them to create something entirely new, um, which I think would be incredible. And it's going to have to be beforehand. I don't think it's going to be anything after the events of um, Rise of Skywalker, because at that point they'd have to include, um, you know, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac. Um, and so I, th I think that is just something they're probably going to stay away from for a while. So I think they're going to have to go back into the past. Yeah. Guru, is there anything in particular you want to see next from a, like a TV series uh, on Disney plus or even a movie um, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with both. Honestly, my first pick would be probably kind of what you both are saying. I, I would love to see, I think a series, especially after the Mandalorian, like I think an old Republic type of series could, could be the best way to do it. Mm, um, yeah. I mean, you, you, you got to give the creators free reign of what they want to do. Uh, but it'd be exciting to see something that, you know, you might have ideas about how, hap how it happened. There's some kind of things how it happened, but at the end of the day, it's like they have free reign to kind of tell the origin of the Jedi origin of the Sith. Um, if we had to be, if we were choosing a series, like a limited series that was, you know, like, like, time period we're familiar with i think it'd be cool to see a series that was uh between like phantom menace and attack of the clones maybe something that was political like i don't i don't want to say like a political thriller um but there's a lot of time that goes by in there i think you could do something yeah. kind of cool and exciting do, in that uh, period you could do something they, that's just so unfamiliar to star wars that could be really cool in that now, time period what if they did a house of cards style with Steve Palpatine rising to power and just seeing all of his little moves that he made to rise to power. Like Tom, Tom Hiddleston as a Palpatine. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I think that Disney plus and the series option gives you so much flexibility to do yeah. so many of these, maybe they're not monumental groundbreaking stories, but they're still, you know, they're exciting. They're cool the people like us are still going to get into them and get excited yeah. about it. But exactly. ultimately to answer your question, if I'm choosing anything, whether it's a movie or a series right now, I, I think that the old Republic is essential for them to cover soon. I think that's mm -hmm. in the high Republic stuff. The more I've thought about it, I have mixed feelings because I don't, I, I it's like, why only go back a few hundred years versus go back a thousand years. Yeah. Um, but I'm open to that stuff. I'm excited to read and, and check that stuff out. But I, I, I'm, a, I'm excited about the origin of the Jedi and that kind of thing. And I'm curious yeah. if, if they're because 
there's not much of the old republic that's like well there could be in the books as far as i know the old republic that we know from legends is still mostly in legends there's not really anything that signifies the old republic in current canon i don't think so could there be like a where they're going to kind of mix some of the old legends canon of the old republic into the high republic and basically have the high republic be the new old republic type thing and bring in characters and events from that yeah um but uh, but also at the same time the high republic is at a time of peace where there's no sith and they've eliminated the sith from the galaxy for the most part as we know as they as they say um and the old republic takes place during the age of sith so um so maybe the old republic you know leads into the high republic and they want to keep the old republic there i don't know um i would love to see the old republic though but i'm glad we're getting there a little bit step by step with the high republic and um, I'm excited mm. about those books and comics that are coming our way. Uh, it, it's going to be something new and fresh for Star Wars and um, definitely something I'm excited about. Um, okay, um, with the, uh, let's see, what else came out on uh, May the 4th? So Star Wars Gal- uh, Gallery, or Disney Gallery, uh, The Mandalorian dropped, and they did an episode focused on the directors and their relationship with Star Wars. Um, we don't have to talk too much about this, but I just, I thought it was an excellent documentary uh for the first episode i thought it was so interesting and hearing all their stories about how star wars really affected them in their lives and um and and why it's important to them especially um dave filoni uh, with with how he thought literally the the idea of him directing a clone wars animated show was a joke when he got the call he thought people were messing with him and and finding out that it was actually his dream coming true such a cool story there. Um, did you guys like the gal- Star Wars gallery and uh, and excited for more episodes of that? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited. It was, it was really interesting seeing how um, each of the directors had their differences and kind of interacted with each other. And I guess I didn't really realize this. You know, I knew each one had their own episode, but the fact that all of them worked together on each episode and they had a little bit of input which I think is a really cool collective effort that they were all so willing to let each other you know direct their own episode and use their ideas but also learn from each other so I thought that was pretty cool and I'm I'm looking forward to kind of seeing more in play and I want to see the scene where uh um oh who's the who's the older guy what's his name when he Werner Herzog Werner Herzog, when he calls uh, Filoni and Favreau cowards for using CGI instead of the actual puppet. That was, I'm hoping they captured that. That was cowards. And his, and his voice is like really just intense. Oh, man. And him directing. I, I hope I'm, I want to see shots of him directing the Baby Yoda puppet, like the rumors say he was. <laughs> where he was like trying to, he was talking to it and like, like Werner, he's not alive. It's like fools, you don't know the baby. <laughs> That's my best <laughs> burner hurt song impersonation. Uh, a couple things in video game news I don't want to really get into much, but Battlefront 2 is receiving its final update, the Scarif update. It's also adding Ray with their yellow lightsaber, a uh, new variation of Kylo Ren. Uh, that's that looks pretty badass. Uh, no Ben Solo, but Kylo Ren instead. Um, so that's coming out here. It's going to be the final update. They confirmed, I believe, that Battlefront 3 is coming in 2021. Um, so uh, that's going to be the final update. And also, Jedi Fallen Order has got a surprise update. Um, 
where they're giving you a couple new modes where you could train with your Jedi powers and everything like that. Don't know really why you need that because the game is pretty much linear and then it's done. It's not like an open world or anything. But I could see some use in the uh, arena mode where you get to take on hordes of enemies and everything. And, um, some I feel other like that'd cool be really cool, especially yeah. after the the Coliseum uh, uh, level where you had to battle all those characters. Yeah, absolutely. Are they, are they rele- releasing anything else like extended content, or is it just those? Just those, no story content or anything. Mm. Uh, they're giving you what they call New Game Plus, where you could start the game over, but you get like all your, you don't get your powers, all your powers, but you get like all your, you know, stuff you can wear. And I believe you get all your lightsaber equipment and all the, the you know, the skins and everything. Thank you God. Start, and you can start the game over from scratch, but you have to get all your powers over again, though. That's one thing. I was worried I'd have to get my poncho again. Yeah, nope. Um, Okay, and moving on to today's main uh, Force Vision of the Knights, uh, and this is what I wanted to talk about. It's looking beyond the Skywalker saga, and can Star Wars stand alone on its own two feet? And by that, I mean everything we've gotten from Star Wars, everything we've gotten from Star Wars, is tied to the main saga in some capacity. Uh, Mandalorian takes takes place directly after the events of Return of the Jedi, um, has a character that's clearly a baby of Yoda's and Yaddle's species that you only see in the main trilogy or in the main saga. Um, everything has been linked back to the main saga. What I'm interested in, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts, are you at all worried uh, at, at where Star Wars can go? And no. if they can hold your interest without it having any sort of connection to the characters, the stories, and the worlds we know. So we're talking brand new, on its own, and that's probably what the High Republic is going to be. If you take Yoda out of the High Republic, it's all new characters, all new story, no links to anything. Are you at all worried or you're concerned, Tim, about this? Or do you think Star Wars is going to be just fine and take, take it in stride? I mean, I think Star Wars is going to be completely fine. I mean... Going back to when we're talking about series we're looking for, Old Republic is nothing that's been canonized. And, you know, there's so much material that can be pulled away from Legends. So even if they do stray away from Rise of Sky or from Skywalker Saga, they have a lot of really interesting material that they can pull from and they can make it new and, and you know, move things around, but keep the characters the same. So you have that, but then I, I think there's so many different areas they can explore such as the beginning of the force or um exploring different parts of the galaxy maybe a focused portion on mandalore um and we're kind of seeing that with the mandalorian maybe an episode focused only around bounty hunters going around Mm -hmm. the galaxy um i mean hell maybe you know a series or something focused around pod racers i mean there's there's so much that they can potentially do i have zero concern i think it's just maybe the aftermath of hey we've had all this skywalker specific content how can it go anywhere else but i just think the the material is unlimited i mean you can do so much with it so yeah i i agree with you to an extent there tim um there i i do mainly if i have any concern um it, it comes from my most recent experience and i need to try and finish the book but I, I started reading the bane trilogy which is a legends it's a legends trilogy of books um, and I started reading the Bane, Darth Bane trilogy. You don't like that? You don't like it? 
Well, I'm so it's not that I don't like it. Um, I'm just like four chapters, five chapters in. Actually, no, I'm like I'm like six or seven chapters in, and I'm trying to. It it, it doesn't feel like Star Wars yet for me. It's not. It, it feels like I'm watching like this belongs in almost Star Trek or something. Yet right now, I, I, I'm still neither. I need to give it, it more better. of a chance. Yeah, I need to give it more of a chance. I need to keep reading. Um, but that's where any of my main concern would come from. Can Star Wars stand on its own and be totally separate from the world, the timeline, the Skywalkers, the Palpatines, all that I mean, totally separate. And, and so I, I, it's just something that like, can't, cause it's like, for me, it's like, is Game of Thrones going to be able to stand on its own without Jon Snow and, and all those characters we know is, is, is the Fast and the Furious franchise going to be able to go on without Dom Toretto? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the stuff like that that makes you think, you know? Drew, what do you think? Yeah. Can't Star Wars stand on its own? Do you have any concerns about where it can go or if it's going to be able to hold your attention and get you excited like the Skywalker saga and everything linked to it? I think that it's a very valid question. I personally, uh, as a big Star Wars fan, and especially as a big fan that has really adopted stuff that's not directly tied to the Skywalker stuff, mm-hmm. um, I think that it can. I think the concerning thing as a fan and the big, big deal that Lucasfilm has to understand is that that first big movie series or that first big thing that's separate from it, we're not ta- I'm not talking about the novels mm-hmm. and comics of the higher public that, that people like us will look at. I'm talking about what my mom and dad are going to go see in the theater. I'm t- you're talking about that first big thing has to be fucking awesome. And it Mm -hmm. has to be really good. And it has to hook people in. Like I have always pictured in my head, an old Republic type of series, the formation of Jedi and Sith. You got to get, you know, a couple big time actors, like a Christian Bale, a Hugh Jackman, somebody to play some, or Mike, uh, what, uh, Tyson. No, the guy who, who's in, no, the guy who's in, Ma- Magneto, what's his fucking name? The oh, German uh, dude. Uh, Michael Fassbender. That guy has yeah. to be in Star Wars. He yeah. would be unbelievable. He yeah. would be the best Sith Lord. You have to have like these big names that that it's a whole different story. It's a whole different era. It's a new thing, mm-hmm. and you gotta have somebody that knocks out of the park. Yeah. Because Brie Larson, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Take him off my Hemsworth. <laughs> Um, Paul Rudd. <laughs> I, I, I think that, again, I think that if you tell a new story that is in a different era that is away from the Skywalker saga, can it be successful? Absolutely. But if it has Star Wars attached to it, it, it better be damn good. Yeah, and it's got a, and, and I would be okay with it too, like, because for the people who are going to go see it who know the Skywalker saga and are maybe going to be confused at the show, like the movie or show they're watching is it taking place anywhere near the birth or death of Luke that it's going to be thousands of generations before thousands of generations after, um, like literally saying a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And, you know, long after the Skywalkers or long before the Skywalkers, you know, something in there to make him understand. But this is where I think Star Wars could borrow a lot from Marvel's playbook here. Um, and I don't, I don't want anything. I don't want Star Wars to be anything like Marvel other than maybe Marvel has done a great job in getting literally the average person who goes to see movies 
to be super invested in every hero they introduce and um and of their of their fan base and now for me i i could care less about captain marvel and you know ant-man and thor and i i really i really don't care anything about these characters but they've done a great job of making the everyday moviegoer um and and marvel fan be invested in everything that they do so star wars could take a page out of that playbook too like yes this is going to be something different these are all new characters this is all new environments all new everything but everyone knows it's distinctly Star Wars and it's distinctly um, on brand for what you want. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of things they need to do to make sure that gets done right. Namely, I think the soundtrack, the score and soundtrack needs to be perfect. Um, and you're right, Drew. I think getting a big name actor, which is kind of outside like Star Wars thing, like they don't really do the big name actors for movies. In this case, I think it would be perfect. Um, to yeah to to get people in the theater and to get people like yeah your mom and dad and my mom and dad excited for something like uh that's going to be so brand new in the star wars universe <clears throat> but um yeah I, yeah i i agree 100 i i think you have to approach the next trilogy like it's trilogy series whatever big time like it it is everything it's the future of star wars yeah and i think they could next, introduce you new could pick any actor you could pick any actor between stars. Who would you choose? Um, man, that's a good question. I would probably say, I think I would love to see, I mean, I'll, I'll say who would I want to be a good guy? Who would I want to be a bad guy? Drew was hundred percent spot on. I think Michael Fassbender would be, yep. it has, it, it has been one of the, we've talked about this before too, Drew. I'm sure Tim, you were there in those conversations you brought up Michael Fassbender before and I thought that was perfect. That still is like, that is up there. Michael Fassbender, I think would be perfect. Um, I think a Jude law as a good guy would be perfect as a Jedi. Um, But I think I would love to see a guy like Christian Bale as a Jedi. I would love to see him. take. Those are, those are probably my three that I would have said too, actually. (laughs) I, I Christian Bale and Michael Fassbender are my number, my, my top two, because I think you could, like, I think those guys would, would be able to separate from their past roles very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because, like, there's some actors that just don't – you see Woody Harrelson, you go, oh, that's Woody Harrelson. Um, you see <laughs> – yeah. even though he, he was actually awesome in Solo. Oh, he but, was. He was yeah. in Star Wars, yeah. But he was Woody Harrelson. So I, I think you would separate some of those guys. The Christian Bale, Michael Fassbender, but – I don't know, man. Like Idris Elba, Hugh Jackman. I could, I could go for a lot of those big I, time guys. And I could think, and you yeah. know, some, something about Christian Bale in Star Wars is so much a square peg in a round hole, but like in the perfect way. Like I just think I would love to see him morph into a character that fits into Star Wars, and he would take it on. I mean, Christian Bale it's doesn't a, it's do a anything. Different Star half-assed. Wars. It's yeah. a different yeah. Star Wars. So yeah. I mean, why can't any of these? big time actors actresses do it it's a diff we need a like, different story i think i think christian bale would be a perfect uh actor for like a great jedi someone who walks the line between good and bad yeah i think he could perfect that very very good or, or james mcavoy could... i think could be a good choice as well i just like james mcavoy he's got a wide range yeah of uh skill 
Yeah. I think they should do James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Holt. Oh, wait. I'm Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Holly <laughs> Berry. Dude, I bet he would, cross he, would, he would be down to be a Jedi. I think Christian Bale actually is a big Star Wars fan, though. I don't know. I, 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 I watched, I, well, I watched this uh, interview the other day with Christian. Like, uh, it was like a com- It was like one of those videos of like Christian Bale being funny in interviews. And I'm like, yeah, I'd give that a watch. And uh, he was asked. Uh, he was asked who he would rather like beat up in a fight or or something like that or have as his. I can't remember. It's either like have as his mentor or beat up in a fight. It's one or the other. And uh, and it was he had to choose between Alfred and Yoda. And he thought that was like a really, he's like, oh my God, that's such a hard question. Can I have both? I went, and he said, I went Alfred with Yoda sitting on his head. And uh, <laughs> I, so I think Christian has some deep respect for Star Wars. And I think he's actually looking to have a little bit more fun uh, because I think I recently said he's done gaining and losing major amounts of weight for roles. And he also uh, is going to be the villain in the Thor, uh, in Thor Love and Thunder. So Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. That's, gonna, that's think, gonna be awesome. Yeah. I think it's rumored he's gonna be Galactus. Really? Yeah. I oh my god. That's that would be like, unbelievable. That's a, really, that's a really big role, though. That's like the next big. That wouldn't. Bad. That wouldn't be like a one movie. Yeah. Bad that's guy. that's like the that's yeah. who the rumor is is gonna be the next big bad of the Marvel universe. So I, that's uh, interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, I think uh, any of those guys would be be good. Tim, did you have anyone in mind? Did you list any people in particular? Uh, I said James McAvoy. I'm I'm yeah, looking yeah. through some movies right now. I mean, there's there's definitely definitely some people I'd like to see. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, could be pretty good. Um, I think uh, but, I think like maybe a Benicio del Toro could play like I don't know some sort of like really strange really questionable <laughs> <thief>. <laughs> <What>? stuttery <laughs> here's here's my my pitch for like the next big movie trilogy is the formation of the jedi you've got these like classic old guys that have discovered the force they have the force christian bale hugh jackman you throw in michael fassbender and all of a sudden fassbender being the one is the one guy of like these four founders Mm -hmm. that goes bad and you see him turn from good to bad like in the first movie and all of a Mm -hmm. sudden at the end of the first movie you're like oh fuck there's a bad guy and then you know i i think that is my like i pictured in my head that's my ideal path is like the Jedi formation leads to the Sith formation of like, no, there's more to this. I can, you know, acquire more power. And I think Fastbender would be like the perfect dude to portray yeah. that. Another yeah. another actor I think that could be really good is Russell Crowe. I feel like Russell Crowe could be He's a horrible good. singer. <laughs> Sorry, what? Oh, you never saw Les Mis. No, uh, I haven't. Uh, oh, what if they did a musical? Star Wars. <laughs> no, I'd buy that record. Um, yes, you yeah. Know. Well, also something else I want to think about, just because, like, the speaking of the future of Star Wars, what all the projects are rumored to be in development uh, in terms of like, so, so we have Ryan Johnson's trilogy still apparently is in play. 
We have the un- three. Oh, un- yes. Don't we believe have, that. Yeah. We have three unannounced Star Wars films in the 2022, 2024, and 2026 slots. We have Taika Waititi's film. We have the new Russian doll actor, uh, Russian doll writer, writing a new Star Wars saga. We have uh, a new animated follow-up series from Rebels. And then we have uh, freaking, um, uh, what's-his-face from Marvel, Kevin Feige's produced Star Wars movie. So we have all these different movies coming in and play that we don't even really know anything about. Um, yeah, I, I, I really hope Ryan gets his own trilogy. I doubt, I mean, at this point, I doubt he wants anything to do with that. But I would love to see Ryan get his own his own trilogy, his own story to tell. Um, I would I would love that. I think Ryan Johnson is a, a very good director. Oh yeah, he's a great director. He's a great director, and he's a good writer. Um, yeah, I, that's I mean that's the thing. I mean, no matter what your complaints are about the Last Jedi, you can't say that he didn't direct uh, well and didn't write well. I mean, he he did both of those very well. It was a yeah. really well written film. I I think and, their biggest mistake was sandwiching him in between two other directors i think he's one of those that he has to see his entire vision from beginning yeah. to end oh, yeah. i think really i think yeah i think you could start when you really break it down i think you could probably put the blame of criticism of the force awakens the last Jedi, and rise of skywalker on the simple fact that lucasfilm thought it was okay to have three different directors with three different overall visions tell one story. It didn't, it didn't work. I, I am one of the very few Star Wars fans that I really like the force awakens. I love the last Jedi and I love the rise of Skywalker. I'm, I'm in minority, but I will also fully admit that if you watch them seven, eight, nine, and you watch them back to back to back, there's some there it's very clear there's a different story being told and i i know we're getting into a whole different topic no it's but okay but this kind of goes along with what you're talking about with the main topic i don't want that to happen again right, right. i don't i don't think that's a good way to tell the story for star wars yeah. we are a very very nerdy fan base and connected fan base that we pick up on details dave dave filoni when he tells his story there is something in that season one episode seven that plays into the finale of clone wars rebels he is very connected and he knows what he's doing (laughs) in the new trilogy that is not the case at all it's just not the case and there's there's no arguing and it's not the case at all yeah it's you know this is what we've discussed before but i I mean i'm glad to have you here to discuss this with you on the podcast just because it's it's always a very interesting thing and yeah it, it's the that was the biggest flaw of the entire new trilogies there was no new, there was no plan and and that's something i've completely brought up to say too it's like i at first when i like really disliked the last jedi and was blaming ryan johnson it, it was misplaced blame because it's not ryan's fault that someone that that kathleen kennedy says it's your story tell whatever you want ryan told the story he wanted and millions upon millions of people loved it and made a ton of money and it, it, it you know it hit home with a ton of fans um could and i've always brought this up too could he have told a safer story that would have pleased all of those fans and then who already loved the last jedi pleased all of them and then even more because he took maybe the the road like that was uh kind of paved out for him probably 
but he still, you know, he did his own artistic vision. And that's what JJ did with Force, Force Awakens. And then that's what he did with The Rise of Skywalker. And it was always, it's, that was the biggest issue, the biggest dilemma. And you're right. It's, it's three separate stories being told in the same trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and it, and it ended up being um, the major down, the major flaw of the new, tr- the new trilogy. Which I, um, I like the new trilogy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like every, all three of the movies. I like them all a lot. I, I but, love, I love all of Star Wars, you know, it's, yeah. It, and, but I'm I'm the first to admit too when you go back and watch and like there there is a there's a like different voice and you really feel it in the Rise of Skywalker like there even though I I love that movie I'll probably watch it tomorrow but I there is a diff, there's there. a different voice yeah you probably will be because we're stuck in this fucking house um, yep. there's a there's a different voice <laughs> for her. Wait, there's it's obvious that if ryan johnson directs seven eight nine it goes here if jj directs seven eight nine it goes here if colin trevorrow does it it goes there. Yeah, yeah. which that's completely fine but just pick one yeah. let them tell their story let there be let there be a hint in episode seven that later on years down the road when you've watched episode nine six times you go oh my god that's what he meant yeah, there's yeah. none of that. I don't like that. That's what I don't love. And there's there, yeah, and and though okay, so there's an overall issue of Lucasfilm that they didn't have all three stories planned out to the point where, yes, sir, where uh, JJ is like, okay, JJ, we're gonna make your film, and then JJ, as producer for all three, says, okay, these are the story points you have to follow. You cannot deviate from this. Everything else, you can be artistic and do what you want and have your own vision totally fine um but they didn't do that and then it it led it led uh for the directors that made their own flaws then because jj left so many mystery boxes that yes fans were super excited to see uh be revealed ryan johnson saw that as a, a something that was probably really hard to tell a story around and like okay how do i answer all these answer boxes and he went his own way with it but then ryan went his way and left it really hard for the person to follow up nine on how they're going to wrap up this saga, how they're going to wrap up the series. Cause Ryan didn't do yep. the next director any favors. And we've said this before. It'd be great to get your thoughts on this too, Drew. When, when Ryan decided to kill off Snoke, you now have no big bad. You have Kylo Ren and everyone knows Kylo is going to get redeemed. Everyone would not have liked if Kylo was never redeemed. And since then, so what episode nine just hinges on Kylo being redeemed. And then if he's redeemed, there's no additional conflict outside of that. There's no, what story are you telling? Cause as soon as he's redeemed no, I, story, over. I, I, I agree with that completely. And, and this is why I think that JJ had seven and JJ did about as good a job as you can with like bringing the world back. But at the end of the day, they're, they're probably the biggest mistake in the new trilogy now I'll get to eight in a second, but is letting Ray best Kylo? It's like, but yeah. he wanted to have the big movie. Star Wars is back. This and that. It's like, okay, but where do we go from here? Right? He yeah. made mistakes in seven that didn't properly set up, you know, Ray's journey. I I think. Then you go to eight, kind of what you're saying. The way eight ends, you're you're thinking, well, what the fuck's next? Yeah, Snoke's yeah. dead. Kylo 
has been bested by Ray. He just got bested by Luke and fooled. Mm-hmm. What's next? I mean, he's not going to be the ultimate bad, is he? And obviously, JJ's original vision. And I think probably what Ryan was setting up too was that no, he's not the ultimate bad. Um, but then again, you start thinking, you're like, okay, then then what was the plan all along? And the whole rumors that JJ, even though I think it was a great decision, the whole rumors like. Oh, JJ always wanted to bring Palpatine back. I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think he right. came in and thought, Oh, this would be this would be cool. This would be yeah. unique. But there there wasn't like a there wasn't a thought out plan for it. And I mean, I am the first to admit how much I I really enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker. I still do. I think it's I think it was a great ending to the trilogy. Um the opening crawl and like the beginning of the movie is horrible. Like the way that they're just like the dead oh, speak, the dead speak Palpatine's back. That, yeah. that was, that was like an insult to us yeah, as, yeah. you know, fans. Like, so, but at the end of the day, you can, you can yell at Ryan, you can yell at JJ, you can yell at whoever you want. The problem is not having a collective story. And my hope is that it was a learning experience oh, for man. Lucasfilm that give the people a, a one person to tell a story that they've got planned out when they're writing the first movie, they know how it's going to end in the third. I just realized how bad that is, by the way, the opening crawl to the Rise of Skywalker, because uh, the movie, the movie, <laughs> that opening crawl is 100% just in, uh, inferring that you've seen the trailers. And that you've been following the news and everything. Like, the movie needs to stand by itself outside of any promotion, right? So, like, yeah. just think of that. Yep. Like, if there was no trailers, no promotion for the movie, you went for The Last Jedi, and then the moment, you know, Palpatine is alive is literally in the first sentence. He's like, the dead speak, Palpatine is alive. You're like, what? <laughs> it's like, how did that happen? How is that possible? That, that like, that makes, in, in context with the story, the, that makes absolutely no sense. I just realized how bad that is. Um, I, I always said, I always thought it'd be great. I think, I don't know if Tim said this first and I'm saying this is my idea. I can't remember, but I always thought it was a great idea that, uh, that at the end of the last Jedi, we should have heard Sidious laugh or Sidious Mm -hmm. speak to Kylo through the force. Um, and, and that way it's like, oh my God, he's alive. And that way we know for sure he's back. And that gets the rise Skywalker off to a running start rather than like, okay, we need to get this guy set up. Because and, and for JJ, again, since Kylo's not the big bad, you either introduce an entirely new big bad and have to introduce him and make him make sense, or you bring back a character that's already been in the trilogy, in the saga, and, and make that work. So I think JJ probably did what was the best option um, with the story he was given. Um, but I'll say this, my buddy Zach at work uh, is doing some amazing Last Jedi edits, and one of the things he's doing is um is uh uh bringing back palpatine uh at the end of the last jedi it's actually really really crazy uh kylo is picking up it's at the part where kylo's picking up han solo's dice and they disappear and when they disappear they're static on one of the radars and and uh there's static on one of the radars and Kylo looks up at the radar and, and clearly Sidious's voice. He says like, he says something like you are ready or come find me. 
and it clearly is Palpatine, and I got chills. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. That is awesome. That's fucking awesome. That That would have been, that's, that, again, that is a problem with not having a collective story, but if you had a collective story, that would have been awesome. If at the end of eight, all of a sudden you think, well, there's no way that they can, you know, they just beat Snoke. Kylo's obviously yeah. conflicted, but then all, you're like, "Oh my God, the Emperor's in play!" Yeah. Been awesome. It would have ruined our celebration moment, but <laughs> it would have. That True. moment was amazing. That moment was amazing. But we 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 did the. De- it was. It, it still would have been great because at, there was a devil scream. One for Palpatine, and then two the Rise of Skywalker title reveal, and we all lost our minds again. Oh man, I hope we get to do that again here in a couple months. Uh, uh, I don't think months. we will, buddy. Right, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You got to stay we'll hopeful. See. You got to believe. You got to be I... one with the force. No, that's not what it is. <laughs> um, but uh, that's pretty much it for today's episode, guys. We covered everything uh, on our docket, so I appreciate uh, appreciate us running through that. Uh, Drew, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. We need to have you on more than just once a year. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll right. see you next spring. All right. And uh, Tim, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. You're welcome. Yep. Uh, <laughs> as always, I am your host, Max Lita, Mad Max Fozzie. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Force Vision Podcast. A uh, new episode of Cinemaxic out next week. You can follow us on Instagram on Cinemaxic Pod, on Twitter at Cinemaxic, uh, and you can email us at cinemaxicpod at gmail.com. We'll always be willing to take your questions, topics, suggestions, anything. We always love to hear from you guys. Uh, we have a Cool thing coming up too. Another new live stream. We're gonna have a couple of announcements, a couple of new things to show off. We're gonna do some fun games on there. Uh, excited to do another live stream for you guys. I think you'll have some fun. So be sure to be on the lookout for that on all of our social medias. Um, and that's gonna cover it for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time on the Force Vision Podcast. And may the Force be with you. Always. Always.